In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. So a full count pitch. Swing, fly ball. Crack toward the bullpen. At the wall. It's a two-homer game. Sounded like a home game here at Nationals Park for the Cardinals. All right, let's go. All right, baseball, second home run of the game. Dylan Carlson, Cardinals win. Chip Carey, Jim Edmonds, great call, home run call of the day. All right, it was a wild night in baseball, not because the Cardinals won, because they're state eight games back in what is a crazy, crazy central division in the National League. But it was crazy in so many ways, including in the minor leagues, by the way. Joe Adele hit the longest home run of the year, 514 feet, Salt Lake City. So I know it's the minor leagues, uh, but still 514 feet is something else. So when we have 514 foot home runs, we highlight them. Congratulations to the Joe Adele. All right, if playoffs started right now, this is what you would have. I want to set the scene for you. You would have Rangers and Rays getting the buys in the American League. Angels at the Twins, Yankees at the Orioles. In the National League, Braves and Diamondbacks, they would be getting the buys. Braves and the Diamondbacks getting the buys. Braves, by the way, have won seven in a row. Dodgers at the Reds, they would be at the Reds. All the panic in Los Angeles, they would still be in the playoffs right now. Dodgers at the Reds and Giants at the Marlins. Speaking of the Giants, Giants have won nine straight. Like I said, the Braves have won seven in a row. The Red Sox also on fire. Still out of the side of the playoff pitcher. A game and a half back of that wild card spot. But they've won six in a row. They beat the Twins. Oh, my goodness. The AL Central. What a mess. What a mess. Everybody's in it still, except for the Royals. But, okay, so the Red Sox have won six in a row. They're red hot. But the be-all and end-all when it comes to the talk of baseball and hot teams, the Cincinnati Reds. The first place Cincinnati Reds. As we said, right now they would be sitting in the number three seed. They would play the Dodgers. They have now won 10 in a row after their latest win. They are the talk of baseball. And speak of the talk of baseball, it's the team, but it's also the player. Ellie Dela Cruz. He is a, 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 the type of player that you just don't see a whole lot, which is why we love new players. We love young players. We had Sam Dykstra of MLB Pipeline come on, and he was just raving about this kid before he was called up. We, I talked to Matt McClain for the podcast, and he was great. He's another rookie phenom for them, former first-round pick, and he's doing well. And he's a big reason why the Reds have had the success. But when it comes to the guy who everybody's looking at, why the Reds are winning, it's Ellie Dela Cruz. 
The 21-year-old just hit his second home run. Okay, fine. Just hit his second home run. And he got another hit as well. His average is 308 with an OPS of 898. But the the Reds are 11-2. 11-2 since he got called up. And it's not only the numbers. It's not only the wins. It's just who he is and how he's doing it. Best sprint speed in the game. Best sprint speed in the game. He's the fastest guy in the game. Is he the fastest guy in the world? As he professed? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But he's the fastest guy in baseball right now. So I wanted to find out more about where he came from. I'm always fascinated by sort of the the backstory of how these guys are found. Sometimes you just sort of know that the guy is on track to becoming a star in the major leagues or at least a perceived star in the major leagues because there's the international free agents. They're signed for $3 million or whatever it is. But Ellie De La Cruz is a little bit different. He was signed for $65,000. And he was signed for $65,000 at 130 pounds. I am just so in awe of these scouts who are able to project the how these guys are going to ultimately become major leaguers. And it wasn't a, just a straight line. There was a journey here from when you had the 130-pound Ellie De La Cruz signing $65,000 signing bonus, which is relatively low. There's a journey. And so here at Baseball in the Bo- Isn't Boring, we want to find out about the journey. So what we did today was we turned to the guy who played a major role in finding Ellie De La Cruz in signing Ellie De La Cruz with the Reds. That was former Dominican scouting director for the Reds, Richard Jimenez. Richard Jimenez joins us. Richard joins us now with the Dodgers. But he gives us the what's what when it came to the story of Ellie De La Cruz. You're not going to want to miss this. If you like to find out about the talk of baseball and exactly how this happened, you're going to want to listen to this podcast. Richard is excellent. It was really a privilege to have him on the podcast. And it's going to be a great week. It's already a great week. Are you kidding me? We had Eck. We had Charlie Blackman. We had Pete Fatsy talking about Luis Arise. We we gave a tribute, a tip of the chapeau, to Ellie De La Cruz's teammate, Joey Votto. But today, like, talk about timing. Holy mackerel. Ellie De, De La Cruz is the catalyst behind the Reds winning their 10th in a row. And what do we do? We have on the guy who helped find him and sign him. There you go. That's how it works. At BB isn't boring. Subscribe, rate, review, listen. Buy the merch. Buy the book, A Damn Near Perfect Game. Do it all. It's a great, great baseball season so far. This was just a a small example of it. And we just want to keep the conversation going. And the best way to keep the conversation going today is with Richard Jimenez talking about Ellie De La Cruz. All right, there's nobody I'd rather have on this podcast right now than Richard Jimenez. That is a fact, Richard. Director, or I'm sorry, a Latin American cross-checker for the Dodgers, um, but also has a little bit of history with the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know if, if you ever heard of that team. Uh, they they seem to be the talk of the town, Richard. I but, you know, it's listen, it comes and it goes, but you have a huge, huge part in what is going on now with the Cincinnati Reds. And first of all, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And and like you said, and 
grateful. I very grateful to the Cincinnati Rex. They gave me great opportunity to grow, learn, and lead. So it's been a blast for me watching them, you know, those players there now, Ellie. So it's, it's been a blast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, like I said, there is uh, there's nobody I'd rather talk to right now because we, Richard, we've been talking the last few weeks. Um, we actually had on Sam Dykstra of MLB Pipeline to talk about prospects. And he was rattling off these Reds guys. And, and you know, there's – at that time, Ellie De La Cruz hadn't been called up. But the way Sam was talking about him, I was like, oh, man, this guy – this guy is going to – I can't wait. And then, sure enough, a few days later, he pops up and, and you know, he, he becomes the talk of the town. Um, so I guess you going back with your history with Ellie De La Cruz, that's where I want to start if I can – do you? I, I always ask this question. Do you remember the first time that you you saw him? Do you remember your first interaction with him? Absolutely. It's, first of all, it was one day look. And in order to understand that, I have to walk you guys through the whole process before to get to sign Ellie. You know, we as a as a club at that time we were after the Cubans. So between 2010 and 2018. That's our main target. So that put us in a situation that we have to wait for young guys to develop. So we have to compete for lower bonus player. So during that time, we signed player like Jose Siri for 70K, Aristides Aquino, 110K, Juan Di Peralta, Dauri Moreta, and many others. Mm-hmm. And, it, and we also signed Cuban. So during those years, that circumstances, I do believe that shape us and force us to identify talent before we become evidence, like raw guys, you know, before they get too expensive. So by the time the guys took me to see to the academy where Ellie's practiced, because you know, Ellie was so skinny and he wasn't <laughs> ready, he wasn't ready to be to be shown. Mm. So my guys, they have a workout together and he wasn't in the list, you know, because he wasn't ready. So, but I have to credit the agent, uh, Christian Batista. Mm-hmm. He he approached me. He told me, hey, man, I got these kitties. He know how to play. He's just so skinny. So he put it in there. And put it in there. Man, like when the kids <laughs> are, he ran, he ran six, nine, six, eight. Good action at shortstop. But when he get to the, at the play, a lot of energy. So for me, it was hard to imagine a kid so skinny. Handled, <laughs> handled about like that. So, you know, I talked to him for a couple of minutes, you know, gave me a great, really good impression. He looked me in the eye, so deep. Man, he looks, this kid looks legit. So I called Tony Arias and said, hey, man, I got this kid. I think we can sign him for, 60, for 65K right now. He told me, hey, let's do it. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like that. But, but I do believe that the previous experience prepared us for that day. Well, that's interesting. And first of all, so how old was he? When you first saw him, 16, 16. 16. And okay, this is the, as a guess, as a guess, you kept saying how skinny he was. How much should he weigh, you think? Dude, I think he was like 5'11, six foot, 130 pounds. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a picture. I got to send it to you after this. Man, I, so, but you know, like, you don't do that job on your own. 
you, you have to have group, good group of people. So I credit my guys, Cartagena, Peralta, um, Pellerano. They took me there, mm. you know, and that's where to start. So, so you look at him and you say the first impressions are, like you said, he's skinny. Okay, he's a skinny kid, almost too skinny, too skinny. And that always, Richard, that, that's the thing that always I'm always amazed by is the how well scouts project. Because you're talking about a 16-year-old at 130 pounds, and we think that this guy is going to be good enough. Other than being skinny, what was and you said like looking in you in the eye, being maybe being confident. What were the things that that really jumped out about? Was it was it the, he he's this, the fastest man in the world? He said, which I love, right? But was it his speed? Was it what was it? He bat two balls, so mm. we put him like three four pitchers for the whole group, and he put the ball in play, and all he has bat he's at bat, so. The way he was looking at the pitchers too, like he was aggressive at the play, and he looked like he he know what he was doing. And like I told you, I spent a long time, a lot of time with Aquino and CD and Jimmy Paredes when I started with the Yankees. So the body, the actions, they remind me of those guys. Mm. So you know you have to be aggressive in in this market, and and luckily we have the room, we got the money, and was in a good price. You know, I like what I saw. Say, hey, let's do it. When did he take? So now, you know, he you sign him, and he's in the organization. I, I, for for you guys, it must be. You know, like, I hope this works out. I hope this works out. But it worked out pretty quick, though, Richard. Like it, it seemed like it. So when he got with you guys in the organization, was it immediately like, okay? You know what? He's going to be okay. So, DSL. 2019. Season start, he started performing, he 285 with one bomb. Mm. Pretty amazing for a young Latin player. You know, that mm. was pretty good. So the pandemic, the kid was worried about to being caught. He he started lifting, working out, hustling. And all of a sudden he grew a little bit more stronger. And he Take of year was 2021, but for me, last year, Winter Bowl mm. helped him a lot. So I, I also work for Lisey, so he belonged to Lisey. And now I call Cincinnati, say, hey, man, I want permission for this kid to play. And I, I told him, hey, he, we're going to give him the opportunity to earn a spot, to fight for a position. So they like that idea. They send him play. And let me tell you, I don't know if you if you've been around Winter Bowl mm. in the Dominican, it's 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 fun, but it's tough. It's, <laughs> it's tough. So he dominated the league with 20. So he became the leader, one of the leaders of the team, charismatic, and he performed really, really well. So after that, say so, so you know what? This kid is ready and look legit. I, I want to go back to 2020. Did you say that he was worried about being cut? Of course, the <laughs> pandemic. Of course, we have two DSL teams over there. So, you know, he, he, he was worried. So he, he started working out and said, you know what? It won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> so so he put on that weight then. So he basically said, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to get stronger. And and then, obviously, that was sort of the last piece of the puzzle, it seems like, right? He was a different. He was a different player when he came back. I, absolutely, and and let me tell you, 
when I first interviewed him that day, see that focus on the way he was looking at me, translate to that, like, oh, he showed me that, hey, I want to play. He was telling me without telling me. With the, the way he was looking at me, like, oh, I want to play. I want this. I want this. And he did. So he took the, he, he took the opportunity. And, you know. It's so – I'm glad you said that because, you know, the, you have the interview where he says, I'm the world's fastest man, which we love. He says it with a big smile on his face. But this is one of the great things that we love we love about him so far is that not only is he a dynamic player, but he seems to have a great personality. When you see him in these interviews, and I don't even know if you, if you talked to him since he's been called up, but when you does he has he has he come out of his shell or has he always been this way? He always been like authentic. I think that's the right word, authentic. I, yeah. I remember I remember he hit a home run here in Santo Domingo, which is no easy center field wall is big like only like five or seven players have done that in the past and i told him hey he told me no richard the win the win helped me so okay <laughs> <laughs> so he's so like humble and funny <laughs> he's fun is he is so when we talk about the fastest guy obviously i think if you look at sprint speed in the major leagues right now he is the fastest guy is has he always been the fastest guy for you? Like I told you, he was running 6'8", six, 6'9", six, when he was 16. Hmm. 2018, you know, like, that was just okay. That was good. But, but, he's so electric. And and now I can say he was, he, he need to eat more. So he was so skinny. So he gets stronger. Look what happened. And his instincts, man, like, it doesn't matter how fast you are. If you you need to use the speed, and so far he has shown that he has the instinct to use the speed. I mean, he happens. He, he as a as the guy who obviously you know helped have have this relationship with him for so long. I would also imagine even when he gets to Lisse, you're like, oh, I hope he does well. I'm a little worried, you know, like I hope he does well, and then he does well. And then I hope he does well in the major leagues. Oh, and, and by the way, because because Richard, like we said, we just talked about this, is that everybody was waiting for this kid to get called up this year. Everybody. But it's one thing to get called up, and then it's another thing to, oh, by the way, I'm going to hit a home run. Oh, by the way, I'm going to go first to home in record time. So that must make you feel good, doesn't it? Absolutely. Let me tell you. So I fight for him to make the roster here, and but during the – Preseason workouts, he was just okay. Maybe a lot of pressure for him. So maybe he was, everybody was expecting a lot for him. So, like two two or three games before the season start, we play in the row at Aguilas, like our rivals. Hmm. So he made, he made three errors. <laughs> so, okay. So I called the GM and said, you know what? I got to call the kid. And I'm going to tell him that he, he congratulations, you made the Lise exciting lineup. So I did. And after that, he was like, oh, so he started hitting one. But, you know, it was a lot of pressure for him and for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you must feel good, man. Like, you must feel good about what's happening. You don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year. But so far, not only, you know, that you have a lot of guys, you have a huge hand in what's going on with the Reds, but to see – this kid not only doing well, 
but having fun, you know, it just, you know, that's a big part of it too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I think he got a right future because I, what I saw here, he makes his teammates better. It's like his energy. Everyone, I don't know, for some reason, want to be like him in that way. I mean, mm. like, want to play like him. So I think that's, that's huge for a player and for a person. So, so happy. So happy. <laughs> Is there, and maybe this is an unfair question, is there one thing, like we, we, in our brief time watching him in the major leagues, we already have, I can rattle off the most, give me the, I can give you the top things that I've seen him do, you know, whether it's, whether it's beating out the ground ball to first base the other day, you know, seeing, was there one moment that you remember, like, that you'll remember, like, I can't believe he did that moment? What do you mean now in the big leagues? No, at any time. Oh, like, oh, no. And maybe and maybe it was hitting the ball over the wall, you know, in you know in Dominican Winter League. I don't know, but Okay, it was I mean the field was packaged here. Lisey versus Aguilas, man on second. And we need that run. And he hit a single to the middle and he was so emotional that he he made everybody know that oh I am the man. I remember that day. We need to win that game and he performed. In tough situation, and let me tell you, we as a Dominican, we play in the states or or Latinos who play in the states, and mm. there's a lot of people there. But you know, maybe you don't know nobody when you play in the Dominican in Santo Domingo. <laughs> oh, oh, let me tell you, your brother, your cousin, your friends, your enemies, everybody's there. So, <laughs> it's, so if you go three for or for three to the strikeouts, you go to the supermarket. Hey, people got it. <laughs> oh, look at him. That's him. So. Like I told you, Winter Bowl experience, I always recommend to young prospects because we they have they be exposed to uh like winner winning chip, like a lot of competition, pressure. You know, I, I think it's it's really good for the players. The last thing, Richard, is that is it's not a lot of times it's not fair to compare, but still we like to do it. You've seen a lot of great players, a lot of great players. Holy mackerel, the great players that you must have seen. Um, and not to say that he has to be exactly like someone, but does he remind you of anybody? Or And that's okay if he doesn't because I mean, that's part of the fun of this, right, is that we want to see the next wave. We want to see the next level. And Corbin Carroll, there's not a lot of guys like him. He's a hard comp. Um, you know, Mike Trout's a hard cop. Is there anybody that you've seen like him? That's a tough one because you know the you know his the way he's built, his body, the the way he play. I don't know. I don't see any player come to my mind. But I, the only thing I know is like for me, I'm ready to find the next one. I'm, ha- I'm happy. I'm happy for Ellie. I'm enjoying my moment, but I think I'm ready to find the next one here with the Dodgers. Well, listen, you're you you did all right. You did all right. <laughs> you and your team did all right. So I, I thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome.